Hey everybody, Dr. Axe here. Hey, welcome to another show. And today I'm super excited about our guest. It's Gabby Reese. And Gabby is known for uh, being a professional volleyball player. She's known as being a rock star mom. She's a TV personality. And the thing I was most impressed as I started looking into all the things Gabby has done, she's also a, uh, a motivational speaker. And I love some of the topics I, I've seen her cover in helping people build up their self-esteem, their values, build a healthy family. And really one of the things I think is so important today if you wanna be healthy is being able to balance your uh, your aspirations in your career, your own health, your family, have all those things together. I think Gabby's done an incredible job that, uh, doing that. And so Gabby, wanna say welcome to the show. Thank you. I um, I appreciate that introduction. I just wanna say that I'm, I'm probably white knuckling it just like everybody else. So let's keep clear. <laughs> I oh, just yeah. keep holding on, but <laughs> that's good. All right. Well, um, you know, I I was really excited to talk to you about, you know, one of the things you have down or I, I've seen you speak about, and that's family values and also building up yourself and your self-esteem. And I think that's so important today. You know, I think a lot of times, especially on social media, people start to compare themselves to others. And that's, I think, one of the one of the most toxic things people can do. How, how does somebody and how do you yourself go about sort of, you know, creating your identity. Maybe we start with identity there. And I'm going to ask another question because I have an audience and myself included who, um, and, and my audience is, spans a, a wide array of people, but at the same time, like I grew up going to a, uh, my, I, I've, I'm, I believe in the Christian faith. And so, you know, I think there's identity within different, religions. And so I even know that you went to a, a, a school growing up that had more spiritual beliefs. So anyways, feel free to talk about anything you want. You can bring in religion and do it if you want, or you can keep it out either way. But I just wanted to clarify that. I'm not afraid, Doc. I'm not afraid. All right. <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, I always say I don't really have much to hide and I, and I, and I'm not, I don't, I don't worry about being too P PC, if you will. Great. I love that. Um, you know, I think for me, it's interesting when you talk about identity, you know, at first I grew up in the, mostly in the Virgin Islands where I actually was never, not really exposed nor practiced um, in organized faith. And um, then my junior year, I was moved to St. Petersburg, Florida, where I purchased, I uh, was enrolled into a school for my junior and senior year uh, called Keswick Christian School. And it was a pretty strict school. And uh, funny enough, I actually lived with the principal and his wife and two small children my senior year for a few months. What I appreciated really once I, when I got there and I met a lot of the families that had children at the school was, you know, this notion of even my Bible teacher, I didn't agree with every single thing that he said, but what I really respected about him is he lived his beliefs. So really it just, it came more, I, you know, I feel like when, if you, the more faith you have that it's supposed to increase your capacity for love and diminish judgment, you know, sort of, and, and sort of try to be empathetic, maybe to things you don't understand or don't agree with. But then as I've gotten older, I think it's this interesting thing of blending, who am I? What do I believe? How do I put that out into the world? But also, how do I shed all identity um, in the way of not like, okay, you're Dr. Axe, you're, oh, you're a doctor, and you know, you, you're someone's husband, and you know, you have all these things. But then also, how do we offload identity so that we can be, you know, sort of the, the person or spirit that we are versus all these identities. So how do we use it for kind of a lighted pathway? Um, you know, sort of, we sort of say, well, how do I want to be in this world? And who do I think I'm trying to be? And who do I want to be? And then also offload it all at the same time. So we don't get wrapped up into identity, because that can also eat us alive in a really different way. 
Yeah, I think if we let the world dictate who we are, and I love the way uh, there's a pastor, Tim Keller puts it this way, he calls it identity hierarchy, to where, you know, for him and for myself, it's very much like I'm a child of God. That's my first, that's the highest, how I make decisions, how I live my life. Number two is maybe as a doctor. Number three is maybe it's a political candidate. Maybe it's as a, you know, maybe it's as a father or, so anyways, it's, but uh, anyways, I I agree with that, uh, what, what, what you're, what you're talking about. Well, because then you can't change. And then also you get stuck in the past. And I think the whole point of being here is for growth and for change and for adaptation. And you know this, if somebody who's interested in health, that's really the ultimate is if we can be adaptable as people. Um, and that doesn't mean, you know, to compromise the things that we know to be true or important, but it means to have that flexibility continuously um, until we're sort of not here anymore. Yeah. You know, one of the other things I've, I've seen, and I, I just, I think you sort of have this, um, uh, and again, I, we, we're just meeting. And so I'm just, you know, going, going off of what I've, I've, I've seen. But, you know, one of the things I would say that when somebody sees you, is you do exuberate confidence, you know, and, and I do think, uh, and again, sometimes that's out, sometimes it's outside and in, sometimes it's not. But the reason I'm saying that is, I think that's so important. You know, we live in a world today, and I just actually, Chelsea and I just had our first child not too long ago. She's about seven months old here. And um, I think about for her, you know, thinking about my, my little girl growing up, like I want her to have good self-esteem. I want her to like know that God has created her in a specific way and all these. So all that being said, though, I see all the stuff on in media today that sort of destroys some of that. What, what are your thoughts on how, how have you been able to build for yourself and your family, you know, good self-esteem? You know, I think that's a, a really important question. And it's also complex because it takes time in the sense that Maybe when I was transitioning from a young, from a child to a young lady, puberty, there was a lot of discomfort in that. Um, and so you have these periods in your life that you feel really uncomfortable. I think typically it's, in, you know, everybody sort of wants to fit in. And also what's interesting about this day and age, even if you're an adult, because in some ways it's dangerous. You know, if you talk about cancel culture, people go, okay, well, I'll just try to be here, but I won't stand for something too much. Should I sit on the fence? So I think it's weird, like I could be 35 and still be almost fearful. I'm 50, but I'm saying, let's say you could be a fully formed adult and then you could almost feel back to how you were when you were a teenager, which is for women, for example, especially it's like, hey, I want to dress the same as everybody. I want my hairstyle to be the same. I want my makeup to be the same. That's what you do. And then as you get older, you think, oh, wait a second, who am I? What do I genuinely like? What do, who do I want to be? And then you start to break away from that mentality, um, hopefully. So I think, first of all, it's a process. And, and I didn't really grow up in a particularly stable home. But my way of finding it was probably through sports, right? Was yep. there's something really powerful for any of us to be able to work at something and develop a skill that even if people don't like us or agree with us, we still have worked hard at something to try to be good-ish because that's an ongoing story, at something that is, it's so powerful for a young person to have that because um, it is objective. It is not subjective. And so I think that that is a, is a really important um, thing that really helped me and also gave me a tribe, if you will. I, you know, I was 6'3 at 15. That was not always very comfortable. And people used to say things to me like, oh, Oh, you play volleyball or basketball. I play basketball in high school. That's why you're so tall. And I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever you think, you know? Um, And then I, I think it's, it goes deeper beyond that. Then it goes to the choices that you're making. Are you doing things that make you feel proud of yourself? Cause we, we can't keep secrets hopefully from ourselves. 
And I think if we're going through life and we go, I'm working hard, these people are against me, but you know what? I'm maybe I had an, I'll give you an example, a young, very young adult woman, 23 had a controversy with somebody, but it wasn't really about her. This person was mad. She represented the group he, he was mad at and he teed off on her and she fell apart. And I said, um, was your heart, were you malintended? Did you do anything? Were you vindictive? And she's like, no. And I go, then these aren't your tears to have. This is like, this is learning also not to take things personally. This is learning that the only time you should cry is when you've been, you've been the one who screwed up. You know, it's like you, I think it's sometimes realizing that because someone says it's true, doesn't make it true. You know, like, oh, you're a bad person. Well, you know, what does that mean? And so I think it's also going through the process of maturing and not taking things personal is very important. And it's very important for women because we want to make everything okay. We want to come out smelling like a rose. We want people to like us. And the fact of the matter is that's just not going to happen. And then it's also about building meaningful relationships with people. So when you have those kind of down times that you're, you know, getting your butt kicked a little that they go, Hey, I see you. I love you. Or even they're willing to say, well, you're, you aren't acting good. And you go, okay. So I think it's all of these things, but it takes a while. Um, but I think sports really gave me a sense of self and the understanding of how to work at something, how to accomplish things. And it doesn't mean external it means like setting a goal and reaching the goal. Yeah, I love that. And, and what, what role do you feel like, and again, I want to talk a little bit about health and we can go back to some of these things, but you know, what, what role do you feel like health has played a part in what you've done? Because I think one of the things too, I love that you've already shared you know, your, your age being 50 years old. I mean, you look young, you look really healthy. And I think that's one of the things that's so impressive is that you, know, you are you have a lot going on. You know, you've got a lot going on in life from a career to being a mom to all the different successes you've had. Well, you know, what, what role does, does health play in your life and what does that look like? For me, health has been everything. The fact that I, at 17, went into university to play volleyball, <laughs> I didn't really engage in partying. I grew up in the, in the Caribbean, so any of that stuff I, I was curious about, I sort of got over really early. And so I went into my adult, whole adult life uh, very clean living. And, um, you know, it's, I always say it's like the cheapest therapy you can ever have where you could, we all have childhood stuff. People have traumas. It's just, it's just, it's the nature of being a human being. Right. And I felt like through sport, I learned, wow, when I feel good, I'm more fortified to handle whatever the stress is of school, of travel, of uh, conflict, whatever, I'm more clear thinking, I can make the, the decisions that I'm hoping to make versus reacting. And so I, I keyed into that very early, I think by 19 or 20, and then kind of dial, tried to start dialing that in once I became a professional athlete. So 22, 23, really started looking at all the elements of health. Um, and then what happens is, and, I, and you probably know this already, you go through all the cycles where you talk about you know, cellular health and macronutrients and micronutrients and stretching and training and like the complexities of all these systems. And then what ends up happening is you actually start to get very philosophical and tuning, tuning into what the spirit and the brain and all of these things are doing. Because once you really look at that terrain of health, you start to realize, yes, but if I don't get this lined up, if I don't get my heart lined up, if I don't get my gut lined up, if I don't get my mind lined up, it's almost um, another thing. Like I know people who like they train perfect, they eat perfect and they're, a, it's a disaster. Yep. 
So the health is, is let's fortify the avatar so the avatar can make be you know be more loving be strong be vibrant um you know be tough when you need to be tough but uh i found that it was just an easier way to get there so it's really the, the one thing i'm incredibly selfish with i even say within my own house i will defend my health self-care real estate like nobody's business i think that's great you know i, I think that um so Chelsea and I, we go down to Florida pretty often. There's this little health food store down there we love going into. And all the time we see your husband's uh, superfood creamer in there. Mm -hmm. And um, you know we've tried it. We've used it in our coffee and some things like that. And it's fantastic, by the way. And it's uh, so, so you know, you, you, both of you guys seem like you're very into health. I'd love to hear, hey, what does it look like? Like, what do you guys typically eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner? Do you have some snacks, like some favorite go-tos that, uh, that you guys love? You know, and I think it's really important, and you, and again, you know this as well as anybody, that it's actually, we're not into health. It's just kind of like, that's the lifestyle that we lead. Yeah. And I think there's a differentiation. I think people really punish themselves when they go like, oh, I got to exercise, and now I've got to start training, and I have to lose weight. It's like, no, we just have to make these ha things habitual, and they become a part of your lifestyle. It doesn't mean you, you, you never have a chip again, or you don't sit on the couch. It yeah. just it's your lifestyle, right? So anyway, so I think for Laird and I, we do both. Um, we used to do smoothies a lot in the morning before training. And then we kind of, he always drank coffee. That's how that whole business started. Quite frankly, it was completely mm -hmm. by accident. And he started figuring out healthy fats for, you know, brain support as well as caffeine for energy and such. And so we both actually, for me personally, I was doing smoothies till about five years ago. Then I switched to coffee. I'd probably do that till you know, at 6.30 or 7 in the morning, and I'll train. If I do not get my training over early, it will never happen through my day because my day will pile on me. Yep. Um, and I will say to other people, if you say, hey, the only window I have is afternoon or night, great. But I'm saying for me personally, and also what happens is because there's so many details, I get emotionally too tired to train. It isn't the physical. I'm just, I lose motivation and I, I just can't get it done. Yeah. And by the way, I'm wired the same way. If I, I it used to, be when I was younger, I would get those workouts in later in the day. To, to now it has to happen first thing in the morning or it yeah. doesn't happen. Oh, and you have a child now. So wait, buddy, just you yeah. wait. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's coming, you know? And so I, so that's that. And um, then at lunch, it, you know, it's just, it's very boring. It's, it's, it's real food. And I'm always calibrating, like maybe I need more greens right now. I will feel an honor. I, if I'm closer, I still have my cycle. I will know if I need, you know, I eat high quality animal protein. I'm honor that hundred percent, but basically it's, it's not a mystery. It's a lot of fat, a lot of healthy fat. Um, you know, we stick to avocado, coconut and, and uh, high quality olive oil people have to be careful of olive oil getting you know filtered down and with other things um you know hopefully it's like not clear olive oil is what yeah, i would say if you can exactly. find murky stuff um and and um and sometimes if i eat a giant lunch i i actually can forego dinner like i just go i'm going to give my digestion a break maybe i have a broth or something more clear um if i feel like i want something like that so just if my activity load is big um, or it's a certain time of the month, I'll eat two meals and dinner is, is very similar. If I had high quality animal protein at lunch, I probably will back off and just go more to veggies. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, you know, the thing about once you start feeling really good is it, you're so sensitive. So you'll feel like I need more fat. I need more veggies. I need more, whatever. Uh, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. I honor myself a hundred percent. And you know, the hardest thing for all of us is sugar, but I will say 
and I, I can really attest to this as somebody who had a chocolate drawer, that um, the more I backed off that stuff and I got things all kind of uh, equalized and I was getting the nutrients I needed, pretty most of the time, unless maybe it's a stress response, um, that my need for sugar really diminished. Um, and you know, layered juices, turmeric, we get turmeric from a beautiful place, a farm in Kauai. So we, you know, we'll do that. And there's a little bit of supplementation, not much, but, but some, and, um, and you know, that's pretty much it. I, I try to drink water, coffee, coconut water. Um, and then, a, you know, we have kombuchas here and there. Oh yeah. I love that. Well, yeah. I, um, and, and again, I think you hit on a few key factors, getting the healthy fats is so important. And also, you know, listening to your body, I think is so important as you talked about, again, there, there are certain times, uh, and by the way, I read an article you wrote or you did an interview recently and you talked about, you know, sometimes you eat red meat, sometimes, sometimes you don't eat red meat. You really try and listen to your body with that. And so I do think that, you know, the people I know that are, are tend to be the healthiest, they are very in tune with their own bodies. And it's something you said earlier too, they're in tune with their own bodies in terms of understanding what their body is telling them for food, but also what their body is telling them emotionally. You know, this level of awareness, because I've found this, and this is something, if you look at ancient practitioners, both in, you know, tr Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, you know, taking care of your spiritual, mental, emotional health was 50%. I mean, it was oftentimes more than actually what you eat. And so I love that you said that earlier, because again, that's something that's, you know, that's, that's a ancient principle that is absolutely true. That's just so important in how we take care of ourselves. And so are there any practices for you and Lard and your family that you guys uh, really practice in terms of, hey, here's how we feel like we really get healthy mentally and emotionally? You know, our family is, is um, well, like all families, right? We're, we're, kind of funny. And, um, and when I, what I mean by that is like, I see other families and they look so nice, right? Like, I'm like, Oh, that's a nice, like for me, when I see you, I'm like, Oh, D Dr. X has a nice family. You know, I think, are you from Ohio? Is that right? I am. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. You got okay, it. So, you know, nice Midwest in certain ways, you know, Laird and I are, um, we're not nice. Like we're, you know, he, he's, uh, he's, you know, it was interesting when I met Laird and married Laird, I realized that I didn't want a nice guy. I wanted a good guy. And that is very different. And you can have a nice, good guy. But this is like rough edges from Kauai, says it, you know, kind of not really a politician. And so what I would say is that he actually has been the one, and I'm not as courageous to be quite that out with it all. Um, and But I've been with him for 25 years, so I've probably, between aging and living with him, gotten better. One thing I will say about our family is it's all out there. Um, we're not really interested in, uh, and it's funny because, you know, we have, you know, sort of in certain parts a public job, but not really, is it's all out there. The good, the bad, the ugly. Everybody says what they feel. There's no sweeping things under the carpet. There's no worrying about how does it look. It's more about how is it, not how does it appear to be. So I think from that standpoint, even though we can be tough to be around because everyone in the house is pretty intense and it's pretty out there. And, um, at least I feel that way when I'm looking at it objectively, but uh, from a mental health point, it's like, it's all out there. So we all kind of know what we're dealing with, which I think is a, it's an easier way. So we, let's say as a couple, we know where the, the distance from, if there is a conflict, which isn't very often, to the situation, it's a very short distance because we've been clearing the decks, we've been dealing, addressing things. Um, 
And, and even with my children, they stand up for themselves and speak up. And as a parent, that is uncomfortable at times and you wish that they were more compliant. But then you think, well, yeah, no, I'm trying to actually, I want them to be someone who can stand up for themselves when they go into the world. So they're obviously practicing here. Or, and, they'll, and they'll tell you things like, when you're acting like this as a parent, this is how I feel about it. So you're kind of getting corrected along the way instead of Thanksgiving dinner 20 years later and they go, you know when you used to do that? You should, I hated that. And I had to go to therapy for 10 years for that. So I think that that helps us. We eat healthy in this house. Do I let my kids have, you know, stuff? Of course, because I don't want to make that an issue. And I've seen, I have three daughters. I've seen each one of them go through the little weird cycles of eating weird, you know, snack, you know, candy things that they do because their friends do. And one by one, you see them all circle back to eating how we eat in our house because they know, first of all, how it feels. Kids know. So it's like, how do you artfully just say, this is how we eat? You, they hear what's food, what's fun, and they all get back to it. Never make anything an issue. I don't have it in the house, but if they go somewhere and they want it or get it, you know, I, I, it's like have it, you know. Um, and just try to be outside and, um, and, and, you know, love each other. I think sometimes that can be, it sounds so easy but to be make space for everybody in the house to be who they are and love them and make them feel accepted as they are. Um, and, and that's a constant, you know, work, work in progress. Yeah. You know, as we're, as we're talking, I think, you know, one of the things that's so apparent is like, you guys do this as a family so often. And so like, how does this look like for your, you know, as you got, as you're taking care of your kids, you know, how, how do you, how are you working on their nutritional habits and their health and all these things as well? Well, we just, this is how we cook in our house and we don't make special meals really, even when they were little, little kids will eat it, you know, food yep. when you get to them. Um, and you know, my one, my youngest daughter's like, I'll go to give her something. And she's like, just don't tell me it's gluten free. Okay. You know, just let me whatever, enjoy it or not, you know? Um, but it's more just, it's so simple modeling. Yeah. It's just, a, I mean, I hate to say it, when you're ready to take it on, it's just, you got to model it. You have to model being able to say, sorry, you have to model what a dinner recipe looks like. You have to model what healthy conflict resolution looks like. You have to play fight fair. It's like you're modeling. And that I think is, I've said this before, there's nights I go to sleep and I'm insecure about my style of parenting. How did I do that? Was I too tough enough? Was I too tough? But then I go back and I think, okay, at least I'm, I'm Laird and I are both trying our very best to model it. Uh, and so there's some days where I'm like, well, I hope that works. You know, I, I think it's, I mean, I, I think that's a, it's a really important statement and that, you know, today, and by the way, this is very, I studying a lot of Eastern medicine. Uh, when you look over in the Middle East, especially places like Israel, it's, it's all about modeling. Like you're, it's kinesthetic learning. You're showing somebody how to do it. And it's very action oriented in this sort of Greek society we live in. It's very much like, let's just talk about it, but not, hey, I can tell somebody, but I don't have to live or do it myself. Like this is, I mean, think about politics. Like I'm going to tell you to do something, but I'm not going to do that at all myself. Not to, I don't want to talk about politics. <laughs> My own point there though is, is that I love that. I think that, I mean, that is the greatest way. If you look at all the medical studies, this is how kids learn. It's by modeling and doing what their parents do. And they can tell if you're lying, if you're not sincere about it. Again, kids know that. And I think too, it's so important to hey talk about things, get things out in the open. 
uh, is obviously much, much healthier as well. In fact, if you don't in Chinese medicine, if you keep it in, it's very toxic to the liver and your entire digestive system. So anyways, much better getting things out. So I, uh, I love that. And, and let me say this too. Here, here's another thing too, I think that I see most often is a lot of times people know what to do, but they still don't do it. So what, what do you say? What, what, what is your advice for people who said, man, I want to do that. I want to be healthier myself. I want to make my family and my home healthier, but, but they don't, but they don't, but they don't do it. You know, it's funny you say that because I really, in the last bit of time, really realized we all, all have the information. It's about putting a practice in place Yeah, and we all need a practice. And even having said that, you know, I'm a, I'm a very, when I say straightforward, like kind of matter of fact person, however, it's a, there's a duality within making these transitions, which is to be kind to yourself, right? Like don't people shouldn't be, Oh, we blew it today. Okay. It's okay. You know, like it's not about that. It's a long game. And then how do you slowly and realistically implement change. It isn't asking people to switch their whole lives on a dime overnight. That's an unfair ask. It's saying, hey, you know what? Let's look at one thing in your lifestyle that's like your worst habit, okay? Drinking whatever or smoking whatever or my partner and then go even into the life part. Okay, my my husband and I are bickering or we're not being as kind to one another. What is that? That's usually a one's own personal frustration, right? I'm going to take it out on you, but really it's 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 my stuff. So, it's maybe asking people to go category by category. What's what's something going on with your child if you have one that you would like to see if you can help shift a change, make a change. But I will say this, one thing I know in all of this is if you want the people around you to make a change, you have to change yourself. Mm -hmm. I cannot motivate my children by telling them anything, how I approach them, how I speak to them. If, if I shift, they shift. If I shift with Laird, let's say Laird's grumpy because there's no surf and he's been too domesticated for too long. If I go down to his frequency and be like, you know, you should be grateful for what you have or whatever, that doesn't work. So if I come up and I'm a little more understanding, a little more compassionate, a little more loving, typically he comes up. Yeah. Right. So wow. I think it's, it's going category by category. So what, just on a technical, what are some of my bad habits? Let's pull those out. Let's not have that in the house. Cool. There's a little shift it, relationally. How do we do these things? And then your own practice. Have, do I have, do I walk every day? Do I, or do I ride a bike? Do I, you know, am I able to do any of that? And just putting in tiny little practices that are, you can't compromise. I don't feel like it. Feelings have to go out the window. It's almost like a discipline when you're making change. And I, it's easy for me to say because I am very much a cerebral person who has come from sports where it's like, no, do it. But I will say, even if you're emotional, then you have to put bumpers a practice to say, here's what I'm doing today. Here's the meals I'm preparing. And that's just the way it is. And when the feeling comes up, call a friend, but stay true to the plan. Man, I, I love that advice. And I, I love, you know, the, w one of the most profound things that I've heard you say is this, is that, you know, if you go into a situation, you mentioned with Lard there and Hey, he's having a bad day and you go in with that same level of energy that's not fixing anything. In fact, it's going to make the situation worse versus if you're at a higher, you know, we could say vibrational frequency, as you said, a higher level of, hey, empathy and love and all, you know, these positive emotions, 
it's going to bring him up. And listen, that's, that's so good for any situation in our entire lives. It's good if you're a parent with your kids, it's good with a co coworker, it's good with your spouse. Is it, that is the way it's, you know, I love, you know, the, the, the Bible says, don't overcome evil with evil, overcome evil with good. But it's like, you know, having that higher level of just love and understanding, it brings everyone up. And this is also why it's so important who we surround ourselves with. And I, I thought about you as we, of course, because we're talking, but my point here was this is your career as a volleyball player, as I've heard this said by some of the best athletes in the world. And it's, if you want to be with the best, be the best train with the best. You know, if you want to be the best or get better, surround yourself with the best. How does that work in your guys' lives? Are there certain, are, do you guys seek out certain other types of people and families and making sure that's who you're spending time with? You know, it's interesting. Yes. And then, and I don't think it's so conscious at this point. I think we're pretty dialed into like that. I always, I have a friend who taught me, this makes me feel comfortable. This makes me feel uncomfortable. And I just honor that mm. because I think sometimes it's, we feel guilty. Like, you know, I can see these are nice people or good people, but like, it's, it's just, I'm not comfortable and, and life is short. We only have so much time in the day. So I think it's also important to give your honor yourself and move into situations that make you feel comfortable. It doesn't, and these, that, that doesn't mean people that don't challenge you. It might very well mean people that sort of challenge you, but in a good way, I think we're at a place now where, um, you know, we're in, in enough of a groove and a practice that, you know, we're being brought people at, of course, always at the right time that we're, we're continuously learning from because it's an interesting thing. We're being more still versus like, Hey, I'm going to seek this kind of person or that kind of person. Then in a way we, we've turned everything into missions instead of, I'm going to be still, I'm going to mm -hmm. be in my practice. And then when the people come in my path, I'm going to be a student and I'm going to honor that they're here because sometimes people can make a career of learning. And then I'm like, that's great, but we have to be in our practice. We have to be in our, put it in play. So uh, it's a combination. Now, if there's something really like so pressing and, in, and like we need to incorporate it or learn more, I certainly will have no problem reaching out to a person and saying, hey, listen, I, I, would, I would love to find the way to understand better. But typically it's almost like, be, be going, be doing your thing. And it, it, and if you're always open to it, um, they, they'll be brought to you. I love it. I think it's great advice. And I think, and you mentioned something that's important. I think in the best relationships is this combination of you're being nourished and challenged at the same time, right? It's like you're being challenged yet nourished at the same time. I think it's so good. You know, one of the things I would use to describe you is being resilient. You know, I, I think that, you know, you're, uh, you know, I, I look again, I think that somebody who has to um, have all the successes you've had in terms of, hey, your career, but also being a mom and being married and then speaking and doing all the different things and then moving twice a year. You know, I mean, you're moving to great places, but my point is you're still, I think there's a level of resiliency somebody has to have. Because the other thing, when you're a media figure, you also have to be resilient to a degree, right? Because you're under even a greater microscope and more criticism. As you mentioned, we're in this crazy, ridiculous cancel culture today where you say one wrong thing and somehow you're banned from the world and blackballed. Anyways, not going to get on that whole tangent there. But what do you ascribe to that, that? The fact that I feel like you and your family have become resilient. What are some of the things that people need to do to become resilient? You know, I give my husband a lot of the credit. I think I'm a re resilient in a way that I, I can probably... In like turn things good, you know, something positive out of something maybe challenging, but Laird, because he spends so much time in nature, 
um, I think he's hardwired to be moving and um, to be curious and, and not to be so tethered down to the everyday grind. There's a part of them that's like, well, what are we doing here? What are we experiencing here? What are we learning here? You know, what's over the hill? What's on the other side? Um, so, cause I could easily lock down in details and dates and, you know, do that. And, um, you know, even the other day he invited me to go eat lunch. Right. And I was like, Oh, I, I have a lot of stuff to do, but for whatever reason, I, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go. Right. And then we came back and I have a pile of stuff. And then I said something about like, Oh yeah, go, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't have gone to lunch. And he was like, is this what life is about? Is this getting it all done? Just having piles of details that you get done. He goes, we sat at lunch. We, you spent time with me. We were together. We had a conversation. He goes, what is it all about? So I will say that his, um, not, he's not so susceptible to white noise and he is willing to say, I want to try something new. Like even for example, he's obviously a very good surfer, right? And he will purposely, but naturally it's not forced not keep surfing at the same place all the time. He will go to new places that make him uncomfortable, that will challenge his skill set. Because for him, that's where the growth is. And most of us don't do that. I certainly, and this, he is so, that's what he's doing. And so he's really been a great influence on me that way. And the kids have, you know, kind of been towed along, you know, one, two kind of more easily one who drags her feet a little more. She's more rigid like me. Um, and it's, you know, just like pulling along. I love that. It's great. Well, I think, you know, that's one of the things that I know when I prayed for my spell to Chelsea, I prayed for somebody that would make me a better man and sharpen me. And I think, you know, our, uh, our spouses are doing that. So that's, that's awesome. You know, in terms of some of the nutritional things, again, I, I look at uh, you and Laird and you guys, you guys are so fit, you know, be, you know, I, I just obviously, and Hey, you were pro athletes. I think people are like, well, of course they were, but at the same time, you know how many, so I have cared for in the past, a lot of professional athletes. I worked with some of the Olympic teams, swimmers, everyone. And a lot of times 20, 25 years later, that's not true. In fact, some, I would say more often than not, all that being said, so you guys are still, man, you are super active as a family together. Walk us through, hey, do you have some favorite recipes? Like, what do you guys do sometimes for lunch? Do you guys ever, and do you ever do pizza? Do you ever do cookies? If you do, what's in those? Like, I'd love to hear some of the, you know, some, some of the, the, the food stuff. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, Laird less than me, and, and Laird's just, you know, Laird is an interesting person that he's really on a mission. His, his, his true passion for being in the sea and being as high performing in the sea sort of informs all the rest of his decisions. And so he, he literally is like, he, he wants to go to bed early. He wants to eat healthy. Me personally, um, if we're going to the place where they've hand risen the dough and it's like the best pizza Uh crust, I'm totally down for that. But again, it's just about habitual and I never feel bad or weird. Um, if somebody made, you know, chocolate chip cookies with salt on them and they're baked in the, like, I don't usually waste it on poorly done stuff, but like when it's the good stuff, um, Absolutely. Because that is, you know, what do they say? Everything in moderation, you know, everything in moderation. And there's nothing worse than somebody who's like, you know, I've had my fruit servings for the day. It's like you had six blueberries, like lighten up. You know what I mean? (laughs) So 
I'm not interested in, and also I think you should eat weird or stuff that you're not used to. So your system doesn't get so precious yep. that if you take a trip and you eat, you know, uh, brie and you're in France with baguettes, you're not gonna be like, Oh, I'm sick to my stomach. You know, it's like, get over it, you yeah. know? And so there's a, for me personally, and, and Laird is this way too. Um, but I, I just enjoy it more than he does. He, if he wanted it, he would eat it. It's that usually he's like, no, he's look, he's looking to be it's fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like sense. I said, I let my kids do what, what they what they want to because I believe that they'll they'll navigate their path. Yeah. You know what's so interesting? I, I know that when I so when I first married Chelsea, I was very to at a whole nother level of hardcore nutrition. Like, you know, did not cheat, did not I mean I ate so, so strict. And then we had just gotten married and we went on a first trip to Italy and she's like, Would you just have you know, would you just have some of this pizza over here yeah. and I'm like, okay, you know, and then anyways, pizza turned linen into gelato and everything else. Anyways, that being said, I've actually found I'm healthier for it. Now I'm not telling everybody go out and eat, you know, conventional pizza or anything else, but when you're using high quality ingredients and just generally saying like, like the, the, um, and I can tell you, this is a fact emotionally when you are so restrictive, like I can't eat that. Like that's a sense of stress. It's a sense of worry. That's far harder on your digestive system than having a little bit of brie cheese, you know, for pretty much everybody. So anyways, I'm just, I mean, I'm in complete alignment and it's, it's healthier do, having the mindset that you're, you're sharing. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's also control, right? So it's also looking at well, what is, that's a control issue. Yeah. A hundred percent. Hey guys, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to share that my new book, Ancient Remedies, is already a bestseller. When I started writing this book, I talked to Dr. Oz about the content, and he was so excited that he wrote an endorsement for the book, which he rarely does. People like Carrie Underwood and Dr. Mark Hyman have been raving about the book, and find out why this book already has more than 500 five-star reviews on Amazon in just a few short weeks. Head to draxcom forward slash ancient remedies to learn more about why this book will be your ultimate reference guide for healing over 70 health conditions, including including problems related to your immunity, digestion, hormones, and more. Plus, it has over 70 simple and delicious healing recipes. Again, go to DrAxe.com forward slash ancient remedies to learn more or get a copy today to see what all the buzz is about. All right, so a few more questions. I want to ask you about fitness here. And so you guys obviously stay fit. Um, you know, a lot of times when people do go and work out, they're, they're, they, they tend to it tends to be like this thing, like, like they're going to war almost like, okay, you know, this is the worst thing I'm going to ever experience. You know, it's just, it's so much dread. I think a lot of people sort of dread it. How have you guys created a, again, a lifestyle of kind of like, now oh, this is like, Hey, we love this. Like we, 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 we love working out. You know, it's, it, it's really simple in one way, which is I think both Laird and I separately as individual people have identified pretty clearly that the importance of your health, the gift of your health, um, and you know, owning kind of the greatest machine that you ever will in your life, which is your your vessel, right? And it doesn't mean your vessel defines you. It just means like what an, what a miracle it is. And so I think you know, Laird has certainly been injured many many times. I've had my share of injuries. I think coming through sports, you really realize like you know what it feels like not to feel good. You know what it feels to be not sure footed. 
um, and you, you sort of go, oh yeah, I don't need to learn that lesson over and over and over again. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invest time in understanding on how do I make this doable? Right. And if you, cause if you said to me, Hey, um, uh, you're going to have to go into, uh, you know, a certain environment every day that you hate to exercise. Okay. Well, you haven't really investigated all the options cause there's a lot of options. So really what I would say to people too, is put a little bit of effort into the thing that you kind of don't mind. And, and it's called working out. Like it's, it is work. Like if you think yeah. like, oh, it's hard, it's like, well, yeah, no kidding. You know, it's like at some point we have to be grown up enough to be, to understand time under tension. There's a reason they call it tension when you go to work to, you know, to pay the bills, like you're going to work. And so when you can kind of take some of that out of it, but also invest the time to go, you know what, in what ways could I healthfully push myself that is in agreement with who I am as a person? Because believe me, we're all different. You know, like I know tons of people that are like, I like to hike. I'm like, I like to hike, but not that often. You know, other people who like, maybe they want to bike running, you know, I'd rather pull my teeth out. You know, it's like, everybody's so different. I like to lift weights. I like high intensity. And even like, for example, my build, I have no business doing CrossFit. You know, I have three days and I'd be yeah. broken. So it's also putting yourself in an environment that you can do it for the long run and not just be broken and, and have, a, have accountability. This goes into that practice and that strategy. Who's going to show up to meet me to go do this so I can't flake? Mm -hmm. Not, I should never feel like I want to flake. I want to flake every day. It's not about that. Y yeah. It's, it's, so it's putting things in place so you can be successful. And look around. There's so much cool stuff to do, even in COVID, to exercise and take care of yourself. Do it. Be who you are. Um, but you got to get it done. And if you go like, oh, it's hard, whatever. It's like, yeah, it's hard. Get out. Like, let's go. We already know that. Um, and, and by the way, I would remind people, consistency is certainly more important than like you crush yourself twice a week. That's dumb. 100%. Yeah, I'll say this too. By the way, I had hardly ever had an injury in a long period of time. And then five years ago did CrossFit <laughs> and I I'm wired like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm six one and I'm very much more lean and lanky and not built to do CrossFit. And you know, cause I'm used to doing triathlons. Like that's what I did in the past. I ended up just really hurt, hurting myself anyway. So, you know, stick to what your body, you know, what, what your, what your build is for. Also Ch Chelsea and I do this, you know, once a week, at least Chelsea, I look over each other. I'm like, I don't feel like working out today. And what we typically do, we're like, just do 15, 20 minutes or something. And we'll just go do 20 minutes. We'll be done and like get it out of the way. And then it doesn't have to be a long workout, but I think that's, um, anyway, so we, we feel you, uh, we feel you on that. Um, Hey, any last thoughts, uh, before, before we, uh, before we leave the interview, you know, I'd love to hear, actually, I've got one more question and then would love to hear any more thoughts you have. What, what, what would you say is the number one thing? If you're like, man, I think if people would just start here, do this one thing. What do you think one of the biggest game changers is for, for people, you know, taking a big step in, in getting healthier? Well, I think there's a few really easy ones. I yeah. think one is if you're drinking anything other than, you know, like if you go to a, a coffee place and you have a triple macchiato with the syrup and this and that, that's not coffee. Okay. Let's be clear. That's like yeah. a milkshake. Yeah. So if you can, if you could stick to drinking water and if you're a coffee or tea drinker, I think that's one, you know, kind of the layers and layers of it 
day in and day out will, I think, really get to you. So that's one. I think breathing with your mouth closed wherever you are, unless you're sprinting on a track, become a nasal breather. I think this will exponentially um, help you in so many ways. One being your ability to absorb oxygen, your fight or flight response, keeping you down regulated. I think there's a lot of incredible things. So if people are sitting at their desk, notice if you're mouth breathing, just become a nose breather. And yep. You know, you can explain the science if you want about CO2 and absorbing oxygen um, because you need the presence of CO2. I think if you ha if you don't have a place to train, that you just take a walk every day. Yeah, literally a walk. I'm not, you know, it's a simple walk, and eat less. I'm not even telling you what to eat. I'm just saying, eat less. And and finally, you know, those little mental check-ins honor yourself enough that you check in in a real way. You don't have to tell everybody like I had this thought today, check in and see what's right and what's not right. And, and, but then take action, either have that conversation with that person, change that habit, um, whatever that is, apologize to somebody if you need to, it doesn't matter. And so it isn't about like huge things. I just think if we could do a couple of these things, then we would by nature find ways to build upon that. I love it. This is uh, great advice and great, great principles. And I think what you're sharing too, these are baby steps. This isn't like, hey, you've got to go and work out an hour a day. These are easy things that I think anybody can go do. And I want to encourage everybody listening. Hey, go to GabbyReese.com. Uh, okay. So, or no, it's Gab, uh, Gabrielle Reese. Gabby will get you there. Okay, or GabbyReese.com. I want to mention a few things. Uh, one, check out her pod podcast. In fact, I'm going on Gabby's podcast. You can listen to the uh, episode we did. But again, go to the Gabby Reese Show. It's on her, her link. She's also got a great blog here where she covers lifestyle, fitness, food and diet, and also stress life balance here. So again, I want to encourage you guys, go, go and read up on all of these things. Go and listen to the podcast. And Gabby, want to say, hey, it was a pleasure today. Again, from afar, I've watched you and your husband so impressed with uh, how you guys have uh, modeled health to millions. And want to say, hey, it was, a, it was a great chatting with you today. Well, thank you for having me. And it's, it is always my honor. And, and I just want to remind people that I know it's an overwhelming endeavor at times, but it just, like we say, there's only one first day. Just get through that first day. That's good. I love that. Oh, also, don't forget to check out Gabby on her Instagram handle, at Gabby Reese. Um, you can find her on Instagram and again, her, her blog there as well. Thanks everybody for listening to another podcast. We'll be back next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests.